Hey, Cask Chasers, we'll start the show in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone. Joshua Hatton here with Impex Beverages again. You know, I realized last time I brought my wife on to, to record this little spot, I didn't talk about the non-whiskey brands that Impex imports. And that's of particular interest to me, the non-whiskey world because you don't really dig whiskey not really at all like if i put a whiskey in front of you you'd be like get this out my face pretty much so if maybe i put a black tot rum in front of you what is that what is that what would that do to you Uh, you do not have to get that out of my face (laughs) okay what if i were to maybe put a little rum and cane merchants rum in front of you I would say get it closer to my face. How about some herb garden gin? You want sure, that? Sure, sure. Close yeah. to my face. Yeah, a little little tonic in there, mm-hmm. maybe a little yes. bit. Yes. Okay. So if I understand this correctly, so long as I'm not putting whiskey in front of your face, you're cool. I'm cool. Rum, gin, you're cool. Cool. All right. Maybe some Israeli gin, like the M and H Levantine gin. Fantastic. Boom. Let's do that now. Sure. All right. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining the Cast Chasers podcast. This is Jared Card from Impex Beverage, and I hope you enjoy the show. Bobby, hey Aaron, how are you hey. guys doing? Good, good. I had to make sure I asked you how you were this time because I've been insensitive lately. It was that one me. time where you didn't ask us and we didn't know how to behave afterwards because no, we, we didn't know how we were because no one asked us. I was sad, but like now I'm much better than when you didn't ask me oh. how I was doing. So is it I, because I'm asking you? It's now because that you're, you're asking me, and I, I like to know that someone is you know cares about me. What would the conversation be if it was how are you? And we were like bad, we're doing bad. Would you just keep going? I'm a professional, so okay. just, <laughs> the show must go. How are you guys doing? I'm not really doing that great. Anyway, so we got a special guest. Like, just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> exactly, but no, I'm glad that you guys are in a good spot. It's uh, and it's an exciting day for us because um, we've recently partnered with our first sponsor, Impex, and uh, I don't know if you guys know. But we actually invited a good friend of the cast chasers on to talk about it with us today. So is that yeah. what that big screen is in our corner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Good. The only thing I don't like about him is his beard is slightly better than mine, mm. and I don't like that kind of competition. <laughs> so I, mean, I like it. It's I, the I only thing it. that bums me out. The listeners can't see, but he has a glorious uh, mouth mane, which is what <laughs> I which is what I call it. So that's King, that's. King, uh, the King Tut, I call the it. King the Tut. King Tut. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we have the King Tut of whiskey. I'm, we're just going to go with that. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Our buddy, Jared Card, District Manager with Mid-Atlantic Impacts Beverage, friend of the Cast Chasers, and again, first official sponsor. So, yeah. welcome, Jared. Well, thanks for having me. It's good to finally be here with you guys. No, we're so excited. I appreciate it. I like the finally, just because I know that this has been something that we've been talking about for a while. The guys have been so excited about, you know, just just all their conversations with you and, uh, you know, everything that's led us up to this point. So definitely excited. Well, the 
I mean, the cool thing about a having a sponsor, I reached out to a friend who's a podcaster in the industry and who's doing very well, and they have a sponsor, a few sponsors. And I said, you know, how do you even get a sponsor? What do you even do? And it was, well, you got to like them and they got to like you. And that was the only answer he gave me, which did nothing for me. <laughs> so, like, Shit. But now I understand what he meant because your portfolio is, there's nothing on it I don't like, which is key with partnering with someone. You, you really want to like what they're offering. And before we were recording, Jared was telling us how much he loved us. It was really weird. And we we're like, okay, dude, calm down. And he was like, Bobby, specifically you. And then Aaron. And <laughs> But so I think the feeling's mutual. So we're really appreciative. Yeah. But anyway, I didn't want to blow you up, but I just, they needed to know. So Because we didn't That's get true. it on tape. That's right. <laughs> Actually, I think the, the first conversation was, was with me and, and little Mike from Pendaren riding uh, in my car as he was visiting the market to D.C. And he says, hey. He says, do you know some guy, Bobby Bird? And I said, absolutely not. Why? Well, he just sent me a message on Facebook asking if he could come to the tasting this weekend. And this was uh, at Stateline. We were doing yeah, the tasting. Yeah, I remember. And you were like, absolutely not. It was the first time we met. <laughs> and we'll tell, tell him they'll make a seat for him and, and tell him to get down there. I had no idea at the time. Like, I think you guys even had a different name then. You were the the Delaware cast Delaware chaser. Valley. Yeah, that was way back yeah. when. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were Delaware Valley Cast Chasers and um, Delaware Valley Cast Chasers Whiskey Group because we were a small enthusiast group, local enthusiast group, and we were kind of getting our feet wet, really digging in and everything. And one of the things that's made us kind of blow up the way we have is those kind of, I just reach out to people. Like if I see somebody doing something cool, I'd reach out to them. And we are, our city, Havity Grace is a, has a sister city in Wales. And, um, our mayor is a good friend of mine and he went to Wales and kind of like went through that whole thing, came back with a bottle of, um, Pindarin and shared it with me. And I thought, cause he knew I was a whiskey guy and he shared it with me and I thought, this is fantastic. So I started doing my research and I, I saw, you know, I'm, through Facebook, met Mike, reached out to him like a creeper, because that's what I do. And I was like, hey, we're good friends now. I need to come drink with you. And he was like, I guess. So, yeah, no, it was great tasting. Um, you were there, which, you know, highlighted it and everything, because um, informative, uh, the brand. And then Impex made sense. I started digging into Impex, which you guys were about. That's where I found uh, Milk and Honey, um, which is another whiskey that I'm in love with. Um, I, I got there from our local liquor store. I went right to it and found the first run of that, um, in this area anyway, which was, I think their, I think two year, maybe one year. It was very young whiskey. And I bought that and it's just all been gold. So thank you for helping me on my journey is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh, no problem. I'm here. Uh, I'm here as the antagonizer. So the corrupter, <laughs> they call me sometimes. So there's no, uh, there's no need to, um, um, yeah, I mentioned, I, you and I, I'm pretty sure Dana was with you too. And you guys came up afterwards and, and talked to us. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I know who this guy is now. And then I saw your shirt and it, I guess this was right when you guys started getting your swag yeah. and you had like new cast chasers, like fleece with logo. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I made a remark about, Oh, you guys are changed your name or something, or you, you got, you got swag now. And you're like, yeah, we changed things up. And, but it, it was good to have you there. You'd be surprised how many people um, that have whiskey clubs or, or podcasts or whatever that 
that I've met that we support just through, like you said, coming to tastings because you like the product. And, you know, I, I really, I really like everyone until they prove me wrong. So it's pretty easy to get along with people that like whiskey for me and, uh, just kind of made things easier. And then as I, I followed you, you guys are bigger and bigger and I see, you know, you're doing charity events for the local community to raise money and things like that. And I'm like, that for me, that's amazing. I, I love doing things like that. I know Dan does a bunch of that, uh, at Beards Hill, which is one of you guys kind of partner stores. Yep. And I, I've done quite a bit with him and, you know, it's, it's really easy for Impex to get behind people who are actually doing things locally and, uh, and giving back to the local community. So we're, we're glad to help you guys out. We appreciate it. Yeah, the local communities treated us well, too. So, you know, we kind of made a home here. And we're, I would say, global now with listeners. But it's cool that they get to hear where we're from and what we do local because it's hard to do charity work, you know, foreign countries and stuff sometimes. So doing local business and dealing with local community, people we can actually do tastings with mm-hmm. and talk to in that group is is, uh, is important. But, yeah, no, thank you. And at the end of it, I mean, that's sort of the heart of it. That's where we all – that's where we started. And it's – a huge thing that we're sort of missing due to, you know, COVID and all that is, you know, we, we started as just friends getting together in friends. uh, We started as just people that know each other kind of getting together in, you know, different people's houses and that sort of, and then just uh, communing over whiskey, whether that be bourbon or scotch or what, whatever the theme was. And that's again, just really at the, at the heart of it. And, and, like you, 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 and Mike, and and everybody that we've spoken with at Impacts has just folded so nicely into that. So like it's it, it's really just a a community, and the the community has expanded now with you know us being able to do these video calls and all this. So it's it's really great, and I'm I'm super excited. I I tell people all the time that I I have yet to have um, a product from Impex that I didn't like. And you know I'll let you know if I don't yeah, like it. Yeah, we're pretty it. honest. <laughs> we're pretty honest, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's just something that we really, really felt that, that we could get behind. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, everything going forward. It's actually, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at as well. Um, I, I've been with the company now for quite a while, I think longer than any of our other regional people. And, um, it was kind of the same thing for me. I, I started off at the time when impact started, started out and was kind of getting their national distribution going. Um, I was up in Greenville, uh, managing a store and I started ordering their whiskeys to bring in and I was tasting them. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm like, wow, I'm like, this company is like doing amazing things. And, I personally, you know, if you guys see something from Impex, it's because I like it. Leaders of the company are very good at acquiring quality and and good brands. So it's been really easy to work for them as well. There's an integrity in that that I really, I really respect. Um, you know, we were talking to the girls from Pandaren uh, about the uh, single cast that they did. And we know that Sam was a part of picking that out and everything, picking, you know, helping that selection. Right. Um, we have it here in the studio too. Um, it's beautiful, by the way. Um, when you have the same kind of idea with somebody you're working with or people in the industry, you want to know that you can trust them and they have the integrity to bring a brand that you appreciate because they appreciate it. 
And it's not just something they're slapping on the table because maybe they'll make a buck on it or whatever. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that definitely appealed to me from the get-go. You know, when the guys were talking to me about joining the podcast and really, you know, expanding my role in the world in the whiskey industry, or at least starting to learn more about it, that was one of the things that I love the most. Because in my day job, I come from a world where, you know, you, you make money where you can, and if it's with partners, that'll make you money. And, you know, that that works. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the top criteria. But I think it's so awesome that in the whiskey world, you just have this niche group of people who are passionate, who are incredibly knowledgeable, who are creative, and they only want to stand by what actually makes sense. And if they don't like something, they they want to help that person learn or that company learn how to be better. Yeah. In in true transparency, I just want to I, I love moments that are hilarious for the sake of being hilarious. Jared's watching and talking to us, and we're we were just handed shamrock shakes. <laughs> we're sitting here. <laughs> Say something. I don't nope. know if you want. No, no, we're we're very breaking every, the fourth wall. That's what's crazy is because every because he's better be on their way up to Newark to bring me mine as well. <laughs> well, my wife just came in with a whole thing of them, and she just she took a nap and came in with uh, shamrock. Shake. We're not sure where the shakes came from. We're not even sure if they're shamrock. We're I'll keep saying it, um, but it was just. <laughs> Your professionalism, because you were, you just kept moving forward. We're doing the, you That's know. That's like juggling five different ones. Yeah. Out of the egg, right? we're, we're, we're seven minutes in and we're just kind of giving accolades and talking about it. And we're just sitting here. I'm watching because I can see us on the video <laughs> sipping these things. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And if the, we don't bring it up, he's going to have a heart attack. We're, we're that comfortable with each other. I, don't, I really, guys, I, I got a pair of boxers on right now. So don't worry about it. <laughs> That's appropriate. Hey, I was. I was wearing PJs. We had was it? Um, it was Lisa Wicker and um, Mary Mary Kelly. Mary Kelly on, and I'm I'm under the table talking, and I guess I came out or something. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were under the table. I was talk? under the table hey, talking. Guys. I hit under the table. No, it was my <laughs> knees were under the table. I swung my legs out to get something, or whatever. And I think it was Mary or maybe Lisa was like, "I see, we just wear PJs to interviews," and I'm, I'm like, "I'm that, that was awesome. <laughs> I'm that comfortable. That was awesome. No, so yeah, no, we're yep. super." I can't wait to taste something uh, later, and it just—I'm just going to keep saying minty. <laughs> There's a lot of mint, a lot of mint on this. A little shamrocky, shamrock. Can, well, in whiskey, we like to refer to it as eucalyptus or Newport menthol, <laughs> depending on your location. Yeah, depending on the audience, you know, it, it's either eucalyptus, maybe some like Vicks vapor rub, something like that. That's but, beautiful. Uh, yeah, you got to taste what okay. you know. Yeah, don't don't worry. I've seen way worse than a milkshake come on to uh, come on to screen. So <laughs> there's so much context there. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, I don't know how much of that's going to get edited, but probably all going to stay. Let's it's leave it all. We'll just leave it all. I, I, he's text. He's texting Sam right now. I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, that's up to you to make everything sound good. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, Jared, I, I would like to hear a little bit about, because, I mean, we've talked whiskey, we've talked branding, we've talked all that. I'd like to hear a little bit about sort of your personal journey, how you wound up um, with Impex, how you wound up in the position you're in, and just sort of what that what that ride was like for you, what that journey was for you, if you wouldn't mind. No, not at all. Um, it's it's kind of simple, and, and it's not very complicated. Um, I came out to Delaware after high school from Western New York, and I was going to UD. Uh, I was playing ice hockey, and we used to like to party. So, you know, there may or may not have been 
huge parties thrown by us. Uh, six of us all lived in a house together. Um, for you guys that are local, you can still see it on, uh, I call it Elton Road. I guess it's South Main Street now. Uh, as you're coming from Maryland up into downtown Newark and you make that bend onto Delaware Avenue, there's only two houses left. We're the house, we were the house that was right next to the big building with Claymont Steak Shop and everything. And uh, at the time, you know, Rodney and Dickinson dorms were all the freshman dorms are right across the road. So we had some pretty wild times. And, um, you know, I always wanted to own a bar when I was growing up because I thought it would be the coolest thing ever. And then I started taking my business classes and, you know, my one professor was like, oh, so you want to have a bar? And I'm like, yeah, I think it would be awesome. And he said, you know, the number one failing business in the United States. And I said, what? Being a professor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He said, no, restaurants and bars. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, so I guess I got to find something else to do. Meanwhile, you know, we're we're going down um, at the time to Suburban Liquors and, you know, we're we're getting a keg or two um, for our parties. And um, I just kind of I love the way that people were interacting. And, you know, I finally turned 21 and I, I walked into the store that we've been going to to buy the kegs. And I said, hey, can I have a job? And he's like, OK, he's like. And I put my beer on the counter and he said, can I see your ID? And this was right after I had turned 21. And, um, you know, he said, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he said, you just turned 21. I said, yeah. He said, I've been selling you kegs for two years. <laughs> that sounds now, like. This is me. This is me. So can I have a job? And then like he, they gave me a job. And I was getting paid under the table. I I was, you know, receiving deliveries in the back, ringing six packs, stocking the beer cooler. And little by little, like they showed me more and more. And and then one day he said, well, you know, we just bought a store just south of Dover. Would you to manage it? And like an idiot, I said yes. And so I was working seven days a week from open to close, driving down to Dover and back. And um, kind of like trial by fire. And I just really, I really got into it. Like it was, it was interesting to me. It was, it was really something that I didn't know a whole lot about, but people were always willing to talk about it. So I, I got into it. And then, you know, after a few years of that, I said, well, I said, you know, this hundred hour a week, including my driving stuff really isn't the best. I went to work for a distributor. All right. So now you kind of can make your own schedule and have a little more freedom. And, you know, I I did that for a couple of years and it got to the point where I was like, man, I'm like, there's so you guys know there is a tremendous amount of competition and things that go on in the alcohol business, Uh, especially when it comes to getting products into liquor stores and things like that we're all friends. They, you know, we say we don't compete with each other, but in the end, like you, you've got to get your stuff there. And there, it came to a certain point where, you know, I decided I wanted to go back to being the one making the decisions, what came in, not the one convincing the person that they needed my stuff on the shelf. And so I went back to work in Greenville, uh, which was probably the coolest liquor store that I've ever worked at or been in charge of. Which, which Uh, one can you, the wine spirit company up there is that uh, uh yeah 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 yep so 
Um, at the time, it was owned by Mr. and Mrs. Copeland. And Bill was actually working as a Bouchain, like regional guy for, for their winery. And then they ended up wanting to get out of it and he purchased it. And right about that time is when I met um, Ed Cole, who was Sam's previous partner at Impex. So Bill got the store and I, I had been, I had known Ed Cole for a little while. And him and Sam are the two that started Impex. And, um, you know, I, I called him up and I said, hey, Ed, I got... I got bad news. He's like, what's going on? I said, well, that my boss has just sold the store and I'm not working there anymore. He's like, oh crap, man. I said, don't worry, Ed. I said, I'll be fine. I said, you know, we're, we're, there's plenty of jobs in the industry. I'll, I'll find something to do. And he said, I'll never forget. He said, oh no. He said, you'll, you'll be fine. He said, I know that. He said, I, I just lost 80% of my sales in Delaware. And I'm like, so wow. he was more worried about all the booze I was pumping through there, losing that business. And I said, well, why don't you give me a job and I, I can help keep it going? And he called me back a couple of days later and he's like, how's Delaware, Maryland and D.C. sound to get started? And I said, sounds great. And and the rest is history. That's so, awesome. That is a great good, place. Yeah, that's a good store, too, that um, in Greenville. I've been there a few times and uh, I've spoken with Bill and. He seems to be doing a good job running it and everything. And I think he's got two. Um, yeah. Uh, he Tim's. just bought Tim's, which is in Hocassin. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So, but, we, uh, yeah, you're welcome for that, by the way. So yeah. when I when I started working there, uh, we we absolutely took everything off the shelves, reorganized the store. I made an actual whiskey section. Um, what you don't see, because you probably didn't go there before Bill bought it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm obviously more of a imported whiskey type of person than I am a, a bourbon guy. So uh, where he has, I don't even know how many bourbons in the store. I used to have like 200 single malts in there wow. and the place just amazing. So um, he kind of continued it on, but because of his palate and what he likes, he's kind of shifted the whiskey focus more to American whiskeys, but still a great shop and good prices for where they're at too. Can you tell us about a time where uh, any any time that you were traveling with the samples and maybe you're talking to a new client or maybe even talking to somebody that came into the store that you're that you're working with and you tried to explain here's the difference between, you know, an American whiskey that you might be, you know, more used to trying and, and easier to grab versus some of the imported stuff that, you know, maybe is harder to come by. Yeah. I mean, nowadays it's actually a lot harder to get a lot of bourbons than it is to, to stuff <laughs> we're importing. So um, but it's always every tasting I do, there's always bourbon drinkers there or rye drinkers or people who, you know, they don't want to drink that smoky scotch, mm-hmm. you know, I'm what? like, well, we, like all of it. I'm like, well, you really know that there's way more unpeated, not smoky scotches than there. Oh, really? I'm like, so you started drinking with Lefroy or Ardbeg <laughs> or Bone or Lagavulin. I'm like, not all scotch tastes like that. And then you go into the bag. And you find something that's not smoky and peaty. You pull it out. You say, here, have a little try of this. And I mean, generally, they're they're good. I mean, um, when we were still representing the brand, Tamdu was an amazing gateway to scotch whiskey. Um, right now, Glen Ellicky is, is right in that spot where, you know, people who are into bourbon or don't like scotch, there's some Glen Ellicky that you can give them that really kind of puts them into, oh, maybe I do like scotch. 
And it's just, uh, I mean, yeah, it happens all the time where I have to try to convince bourbon drinkers or American whiskey drinkers that this stuff is good too. give it a shot. And it, it's fun. It's funny to me just to see, you know, you talk about uh, folks in the whiskey industry and, you know, everybody's pretty friendly and all that, <clears throat> that what you just said there about Glen Allegy, I believe I am on record recording, re- recorded saying almost exactly the same thing when we did a live podcast recording for a film that released uh, about the scotch industry and all of that. So like it's, it's us saying it, it's you, the importer saying it. And it was part of this thing folded in with the water of life film as well. So it's just, it's, it's just funny that we all, we all sort of like sync up. Not that we're not that, you know, we're in the liquor industry, you know, we're sort of liquor adjacent, I guess, but it's, it's, we, we all sort of speak the same language and it, it all sort of, it, it all sort of comes around. And, and I hear the same thing from people over and over again about the same brands, about this and about that. So I think, it, well, even at, you even have, I mean, Jim McEwen himself at the beginning when he, when he made, you know, an unpeated Isla, which was unheard of, you know, one of his answers to that was, you know, it's my, it's my, it's my, jo- exactly holds up the bottle. It's a gorgeous, <laughs> the 10 year. Um, he says, it's my job not to just make peated whiskey. It's my job to make whiskey for everybody. And that was exactly, that was the mantra people needed to hear. And that's kind of one of the reasons he's trying to make, people just think he's out there making unique whiskeys for the sake of making unique whiskeys. He's making palate pleasers is what he's doing because everybody tastes and thinks differently. Therefore, there needs to be a different whiskey for everybody. Depending on my mood, I may be into a different thing. Um, I'm thankful for like Amrit. I mean, Amrit. It's an Indian whiskey that I probably would have never reached for, to be candid. But it is amazing. And I'm glad it made its way to the shelf. And without companies like Impex, I don't know that it would have. And that's a shame. I mean, that's, 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 that's sad to me, you know, to be honest. Hey, Chasers. Aaron here. I wanted to talk about our sponsor, Wilderness Trail Distillery. If you want a great whiskey without the fake legends and made-up history, try some Wilderness Trail Fine Kentucky Bourbon. It's made by master distiller Shane Baker and fermentation expert Pat Heist, who you've heard on the podcast, at their distillery in Danville, Kentucky. They make a weeded bourbon, a high rye bourbon, and a Kentucky-grown rye whiskey. Wilderness Trail is offered in bottled in bond or cask strength. It's non-chill filtered, and the mash bill is on the side of every bottle, so you know what you're buying. This is real information, not some magical recipe or who Shane's great-great-grandpa is. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for Wilderness Trail in your favorite store. If you happen to see a barrel pick or special release of Wilderness Trail on the shelf at your store, grab it. It's not going to last long. If you want more information, check them out online at wildernesstraildistillery.com. Yeah, Raj, Raj was kind of the groundbreaker with uh, Glass Revolutions. You know, he's a, he's the one that, that imports and started importing Amrut back when I was still working at Greenville and I saw it and I didn't really know Raj at the time. And I said, wow, I said, Indian whiskey. I said, I need that. I, I need to try it. I need to, to get it. And the sales rep, of course, brought in a bottle and we sat there and tasted it. And I'm like, this is really good. He's like, yeah, I know. And I put it on the shelf and I would have to beg people to buy it and taste it. And they would come back and thank you so much. And that's, that's kind of how it is with, with, uh, milk and honey and with Pandaren and, you know, some of our Japanese whiskeys. Um, it's really a matter of us being like, look, like I can talk to you about this whiskey 
until I'm blue in the face and three hours later, we're just both going to be bored. Or you can try it and taste it. And in 30 seconds, you're going to know, oh, this is good. I like it or I don't. It, it just makes the world so much easier for people if they try things. And that's that's kind of my number one thing is getting people to taste the juice. If yeah. you can get them to taste juice and there's quality, you're never going to have an issue. So Jared, can I give you a can I give you an insider secret? There's people yeah. there's people like me that know about this, but we come in anyway and we say, "What is it? I don't, what is it? <laughs> say it again. Whis, whiskey? I don't know. I've never. Yeah, I guess if you're gonna pour it, I'll taste it. I don't know. I'm gonna hate it though. I'm more of a wine guy, and I so I do it all the time, and I'll get trashed with some guy, and then he'll I'll leave him thinking he won me over, and really I just. I'm just a mood. Oh, so you don't even tell him at the end? No, I never let him know because I may come back. <laughs> That's some next Before level hustling leave. right there. <laughs> you laugh. I do that all the time. Yeah. I, like my specialty, I'll leave all my bags in the car. Like if it's a new account that I'm trying to get into or, or just meeting the buyer or something like that, I'll just walk in like I'm a customer and I'll just kind of wander around the whiskey aisle and look. And I'll wait for someone to ask, hey, can can we help you with something? And, you know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Some stores are better with service than others. But, you know, when they come ask, I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, is, is Jessica here? Oh, yeah. And then I'll go say hi and I'll be like, can I go get my Sam? Oh, yeah, it's you. Like, I'll go in there all the time and just kind of see how they approach customer service. Check out the selection, see what's going to work. But unlike you, I always tell them there was only once I didn't tell them who I was and I left. And that's because I found a couple bottles of signatory Port Allen that were like half the price they were supposed to be. So I bought them and got out of there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, yep. Well, now I'm going to go back and tell them all. <laughs> I'm going to see how, well, I got to milk it and see how far it goes. And then once they're like, Weren't you in here yesterday? I'm like, yes, I was. I you're going just... to develop like this entire map that's going to be hung up in the studio. There's and pictures it's of me. All these liquor stores that you got to hit, but like cycle it in so it's not too frequent and they know your face. There's this like <laughs> caught off guard pictures of me from CCTV <laughs> hanging up in the back like this man, this man will. Right, with lots of yeah. question marks There's around a list it. Of all already tasted from them too right next to your picture <laughs> has already tasted then there's the list yeah. but no you uh so i've been at tastings in dc and some in like the neighborhoods in dc that have a bunch of liquor stores on one street they all do tastings on on fridays or saturdays and they'll have the circuit people they call them and every week these people get their glass they walk from one end of the street to the other stop at every store taste whatever there is Good. So you're never unwelcome to taste. If somebody's there pouring for a tasting, please stop and taste it. Like that's what they're there for. That it's so boring to be somewhere for three hours and pour like four whiskeys for people. Yeah. So by all means, every time you see a tasting, go there. And the more that you get to know that store, the better treatment you're going to get. Right. They don't care that you're coming in and tasting stuff. Well, that, that kind of, that's that, what I don't want to know that. It's kind of part of the fun is I'm going to get in trouble. So. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's okay. a bit of, there's a bit of a you know. I'm sure you could find other you'll, ways to get in trouble. Get, the you'll, get in trouble. Yeah. you'll get in trouble. Yeah, you'll get in trouble. You'll figure yeah. it out. So, uh, number two, number two is always taste everything, even if you've had it. That's the oh, other yeah. rule. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and this guy, I don't think I have. Can I try it? Okay. And I I do that anyway because I'll I'll not like something and I'll I don't want to not like a whiskey. 
but there's whiskeys I don't like. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go try it again later on. And I'll try it again. Um, I love, I'm a big fan of Balconis and I, I like what they do. I'm from Texas. I bring it up on every episode. Um, I love what they do, but that brimstone, I think I've, I've now had it twice and it may take a few times. This is something I, I can't get into. I've, I've only had it from the from the one the one bottle, so I don't know if if that's a one off bottle. Because so many people that I trust their palates, they tell me how great it is, and that'll happen with any whiskey. But we're not picking on that. No, I'm just no, saying no. That's a yeah. good reason to to your point to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying, because you're gonna eventually. If maybe maybe I hate it, maybe it's just 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 what it is. But you know, if I quit, I'll never know. So one thing I really like about impacts and uh is that you're you're an import company but it's not it's not just you know like scotch and irish whiskey you know you've got all these unique things you've got the you know the welsh you've got the 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 milk and honey you've got all these other things is that is i assume it is but is that on purpose like to go and get these super unique things from places that most most Americans aren't really thinking about. Oh yeah, there's yeah, like, Wales, of course. Yeah, Welsh whiskey. You know, like is is that on purpose with impacts? And can you can you speak a little bit to to that as well? Yeah, it's it's definitely an intentional thing for sure. Um, you know, fortunate for us, um, we've done very well with our distilleries we represent and, and with our hiring and with our, our regional guys around the country, we we've had success with pretty much every brand that we've, we've taken on. And again, that goes back to the leaders of the company picking and choosing and making decisions. And now at this point, we've gotten to a time and a place where we don't necessarily have to go searching as hard as we used to for these things. A lot of them are coming to us and people are saying, Hey, I I've got this whiskey distillery in this country. Try it. Tell me what you think. You know, now the big thing, there's lots of uh, Australian distilleries and, and you know, that area of the world that are coming up and trying to get, get more recognized and making some great whiskeys. And, you know, there's, there's been companies that have come to us, and I, I couldn't even tell you how many because it's above my pay grade. But there's <laughs> there's always somebody, um, you know, sending samples to taste. Uh, hey, can you help me with U.S. distribution? So now it's just a matter of, as you said earlier, uh, Sam and and some of some of the bosses uh, maintaining their integrity and not bringing something in just because it's got a good story or it's going to sell, but making sure that it's also good product in the bottle. Absolutely. So. And, uh, uh, it, it's funny you bring up, um, Australian whiskey. Cause that, that is a subject I often bring up, um, because I've had one, maybe two Australian whiskeys and we've, we've, we've talked to Australian distilleries and, you know, uh, Oh, we, you know, we, we'd really like to have you guys try our whiskey and it's just, uh, okay. We'd love to also. And then like, that's where it's left, you know, because like it, specifically, in Australia and I guess that part of the world, it's it's not very well serviced as far as importing goes at this point. So, like, I really appreciate guys like you that are, you know, um, uh, and brands like Impex that are reaching out and trying to do that because a the 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 whiskeys from that area that I've had I've loved, 
you know, and I, I, I want to see, okay, am I going to love more of them? Is, is this just a fantastic distillery in this area? So like, I just, I, I, I really love that aspect of what you guys do. Yeah. And you're, you're going to see in the next few years, some really good stuff coming from down under. So just be patient. I know at least two or three companies that are all in talks with different brands from, from Australia, New Zealand, wherever it be down there, um, that are making really good whiskey. So you'll, it won't be too much longer for you. Good. I, I can be patient. Thank, thank you for placating me for, <laughs> for another couple of years, maybe. The teasers, the teasers help know, for sure. Right? <laughs> Hold on. We'll give you just telling you there's going to be some coming. For that, sure. That's all I need to hear. That's all. And then, and then I can, and then I can be okay for a little while. That brings up a question I was going to ask too, though, when, when you guys are looking at, you know, any of the distilleries that are now approaching you to see if they can become part of the impacts family, what, uh, what kind of qualities do you guys look for? Like what's, what's the Bible standard that you use to say, yeah, this, this partnership makes sense or eh, maybe, maybe pass for now. Uh, so first and foremost is is the liquid that they're sending us. Um, I know that um, Sam, uh, Chris Udy, who's the vice president of Impex, and Joshua Hatton, who's our national sales director, um, they're the first three to see anything before it trickles down to us. And, you know, they'll see stuff. And I know when they taste whiskey, the first time that they taste stuff that's being sent to them, they, they kind of blind taste it. They don't take into account the price or where it comes from or how old it is or how much it's going to be on the shelf when we get it. The first thing is they taste it. Is this something we want to drink again in our glass? Is this something that people are going to like? And they go through their checklist and they're like, okay, so this, this is something we're interested in. Then us as regional guys, there's uh, Southeast, New England, me, Florida, Midwest. It's about seven of us. Uh, then we'll all receive these nice little samples of things like this. And an email will come out and say, hey, the office just sent you a package. Here's the tracking number. Let us know what you think. I don't know if they take our opinions into account or not. I, I would hope they did. But um it, that's really what it comes down to. And then once like as a company, we're like, yes, this is good. Now let's look at the details. What is it going to cost us? What are we going to have to sell it for to distributors? What is it going to end up at on the shelf for consumers or on the back bar for people to buy a drink? And then that kind of weighs into is the price worth the quality? If it is, then generally we'll we'll get into it. So it is the first thing is always about the liquid. Is it something we enjoy? And me and, and a lot of us in the company, like anytime I try a new whiskey, the first thing I think after I have it, have a sip of it and taste it is, do I want to taste this again? And sometimes it's like, well, I should taste it again. Like you said, with brimstone, I should taste it again, give it another shot. Or it's like, I want to taste more right now because this is so good that I really hope it's ours. So that that's really for me is, is the number one thing is, do I want to drink more of it? And if it meets that, then we talk about price and, you know, price is so like nowadays is it's crazy. There's these, well, there was, thank God there's no more tariffs at least for a few months, mm -hmm. but um, you know, you've got 25% extra on top of what you're going to pay as an importer 
And then you've got the UK actually even has a, a COVID tax on shipping now. So it costs even more to get things shipped in. And now there's a shortage on dry goods. There's no boxes for the bottles or no glass. Like there's so many issues that come into play with pricing that you just kind of have to, that's, that's the office job. That's why I just sell stuff. You know, it's up to the office to figure out all those taxes and shipping and everything else. And, and, you know, if I say, Hey, this is a great bottle. Can we sell it at $70 on the shelf? And they're like, well, it's going to be about 140. I'm like, well, you might want to think about that. So there, there's a lot of factors that weigh in, but most of us at least is number one. Jared, can you, for our listeners, can you go into a little more depth about tariffs? Because I know they're they're seeing it across our, our feed. We're posting about it. Everybody in every whiskey group on the planet is talking about it. But no one's really defining it. And our, for the consumers to understand maybe why their whiskey costs a little more, or what that really means when it's coming over the water. Yeah, absolutely. The The biggest complaint that I always heard about was Lagavulin, because Lagavulin is 16 is now like 100 some dollars a bottle. And it, it was a lot cheaper. So um, in a brief kind of easy way, um, Boeing and Airbus got in a fight about something that has nothing to do with whiskey or French wines or cheeses, um, whatever it may be. And um, our president decided that he was going to impose, uh, you know, because we weren't getting our way. The fight wasn't going the way we wanted it to. We're going to put a 25% tariff on all single malts from Scotland, England, and Northern Wales, or sorry, Northern Ireland. Uh, so also included in that were like French wines, um, French cheeses. There's other stuff that was included too. And it was mainly the, like a punishment tax. They were trying to, to punish the airline that the airline company that they they wanted to lose and they didn't really care about the consumers so now everything that goes from scotland that's a single malt it didn't affect johnny walker doers it was strictly the single malt category Mm. so now we've got all this stuff coming in and just for easy math you know if if impex was paying 200 bucks for a, a case a single malt to get shipped over here to us well, you add 25%. Well, we're, we're now paying 250 bucks a case to bring stuff over here. And then you've got all your margins tacked on top of that. And it, it just, it was 100% political leverage. And as much as I hate to say it, it kind of worked. Uh, you know, it, it sucks for us and a lot of other companies, but Scotch exports were down almost 10% last year. I think it was about 8% they were down. Um, also, reverse, American whiskeys getting shipped into those countries, there was also a 25% tariff imposed. So a lot of our little craft distilleries making great whiskey in the U.S. were having a really hard time in the export market because their products just went up 25% over in Europe. That's a bummer. Uh, yep. So with whatever negotiations they were doing, finally – I think it was last week um, they decided they were going to put an end to it and they've suspended the tariffs for four months. So for the next at least four months, it, hopefully it's for good. But for the next four months, as an example, everything that impacts buys from Scotland 
um, there will be no tariff put on it. So we're going to get it at the price we were getting it before. Um, the problem is we got a warehouse full of goods that we paid the 25% tariffs on. Mm-hmm. So as a consumer, we may not see that difference for a while. And the way the business goes, we may never see the price go down ever because it's one of the rules with some of the big companies. Once somebody's paying 100 bucks for your bottle, you don't lower the price. You leave it there. You only go up kind of mentality. Right. Um Luckily with us, um, impacts in Kilhoman were splitting the tariff. So they were, we were each losing 12 and a half percent, um, so that we didn't have to increase prices. Um, for some reason, I, I think Trump didn't know Wales was a country. They weren't included in the tariff, even though they're right in the middle of everywhere else that was included. So Pandera never had a tariff. Um, you know, our, our Belgian whiskey, Belgium was not part of the feud. So they're not, they're out of it. Uh, the Japanese whiskey. So really only our Scotch brands were affected, which is Kilhoman, Port Escag, and Glen Ellicke. Um, and then of course, whatever single cast nation guys are bringing in that's, that's from those countries. Right now in the whiskey world, uh, the reason things are so hard to get and the reason prices are so uncontrollable is it, it's now become viewed a, as a commodity that's to be bought and sold to make money. And almost a safer investment than than putting money into a mutual fund or, or into the market. It's people are starting to look at it as something you buy and it sits around for a little while. Or maybe it sits around almost not at all just because you could get your hands on it. And right away you sell it and you make 80%. You make 100%. Easily. When, when can you go to the stock market? How often can you go? and spend 80 bucks. And then within three weeks, you can sell it for double what you bought it for. It's, it's just become insane. And that's the difference is, is guys like me and you that, that buy things to drink them. We're slowly becoming less and less percentage wise compared to the people who are buying things to collect them Yeah, and let them sit on the shelf and then resell them in the future down the road. So that's that's part of the problem right now is there there's too many people that are buying whiskey not to drink it and yeah. not to enjoy there's a there's a joke with me they have where i don't open bottles and i don't i'm not a collector i have a lot but i don't collect i don't open because i'm waiting on the right time the point is it's going to be drank because that's the point that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to drink it it's just i like i want it to be timed right with the right right experience or whatever what have you but there are, to your point, there are collectors out there, and I've I've talked to people with an amazing bottle. And I'm like, oh, when are you going to open it? Oh, I'm not. It's a, I'm just going to hold on to it. It's got value, and that that's so sad. I mean, we talked to a distiller recently that they have it within the distillery. Well, we're never going to open it. It's just something we have on display. Heartbreaking, but you'll never, mm-hmm. you're never going to know. You know, maybe it's garbage. I don't know, but they taste it and they're like, wish we would have kept that closed. But <laughs> the point is, but that in itself is causing that up rise in cost and we're doing it to ourselves i mean there's an argument there people bitch about prices of whiskey and i'm like get a mirror that's your problem that that comment reminds me too of some of the things i've heard you say about um like adding dye to certain whiskeys because the consumer just you know you want that quality of that beautiful rich caramel color or that golden tone or something and the fact is like that's not necessarily required to get the taste you want but if that's what the consumers are doing to the market you know what can you do yeah that's uh that's something that it impacts we 
If it was up to us at Impex, every whiskey that we brought to you guys would be right out of the cask. You know, fil- filter out the little particles of wood char that are floating in the booze. No, I mean, I'd, I've had some raw cask bottles that are a little over the top. A little like, chewy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My teeth and stuff, but uh, as natural as we can. We don't color it. We don't chill filter it. Like, we're just not. And just so you guys are happy. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's what we've talked. Yeah, we talked about that one. Yeah, that's uh, he's showing us the Rhiannon from uh, from Pendaren uh, that we that we were we were talking to them uh, recently. So if you haven't listened to the Pendaren episode, go back and listen to the Pendaren episode. But Jared has a uh, bottle that I'm going to go and pilfer from him. Apparently, <laughs> there's still some left. You guys, if you guys can find my house, I'll be happy to share with you anytime. Oh, right, there's buddy. a there's a way. We have a legal team. We'll find it. <laughs> we'll hire a we'll hire PIs to. Um, but honestly, on that note, um, man, we are excited. We are excited to have you guys as our, uh, our sponsor. Um, I'll wrap it my end up with saying I appreciate everything that's coming out of the brand, all the brands that are coming out of the, out, out of Impex. It's, it's gold, which just shows that I can trust the palette of everybody working there because, and it was cool to hear that they're passing it down to the team and getting everybody's opinion. And I do believe they're not going to waste whiskey. So I do believe they're taking your opinion in. They have to be. So, um, and if, if it means anything, it's all gold to me. So, you know, but, um, but thank you. And thanks for coming on, man. It was, it's been fun. Hey, my, my pleasure. I'm glad you guys finally had me on here. And <laughs> as I tell you many times, anything that, that impacts can do to help you with your events or with tastings, I, I, I live pretty close to you guys. Yep. So I always hear all you got to do is ask. Uh, it's it's never an issue, so we're we're happy to help you guys. So on Fridays we we're having this little get together. It's just me, um, and <laughs> just Bobby uh, drinking on yeah, Fridays. If you want to bring your bag, you keep you get bringing the bag up. I'm like, what's in that bag? <laughs> Is there new make in there? <laughs> we've, we've got we've got this big event for one of us. <laughs> a bag that's made for six bottles, a bag that's made for nine, and a bag that's made for twelve. And the six I need that bottle. 12. Ba- well, the six bottle bag usually holds eight to nine. The nine bottle bag usually holds twelve, and twelve bottle bag usually holds about fifteen. So that sounds right. Let's do so that. So still the twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. still with the twelve. <laughs> that math checks out. Or I could just bring all three and let you guys decide. There it is. And when you wake up on the porch, it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. No, this is this has been awesome, Jared, and great meeting you for the first time on my side. And and again, just to echo what Bobby and Aaron have shared over the past, you know, few few minutes of our talking, and even before that, um, I'm really excited that we get to work with you guys because I think when you look at what Cast Chasers is trying to do and what Impacts is trying to do, you know, we're all just trying to kind of blow up the things that we're most passionate and see quality in. And uh, I think there's some really exciting stuff to come out of it for both of us when we keep this running. So thanks. I like that. Look I like it, that. Oh, we even hit record, up. so that's good. Thank God. <laughs> I-
That's fantastic. Aren't you guys glad you partnered with us? This is what an hour <laughs> into a podcast looks like. We haven't even started recording the podcast yet. This is, we've been we've been talking to him for two hours just trying to get that out. So 